Hi guys, this is Crystal and you're listening to episode 20 of Modern Day Hustlers. I'm super excited that this is episode 20, but technically it's like episode 21 because Kenny failed at life. So Kara's here with us. She is our guest today. She's from Hot Mocs. But let's start with Kenny and his little mishap yesterday. Well, what happened was I took a nap before the podcast and I woke up like... he should have been like bright and sunny if he took a nap, (laughs) just saying. But I woke up like 15 minutes before and then I was like plugging everything in and I did the dumbest thing of all time, which is I plugged a USB into where the ethernet goes, just not paying attention. It went right in. That's not my... It just literally went... It's a completely different shape. But it went right in there, and uh, so I thought the mixer, I turned the mixer on, and that was all the lights and everything that are supposed to go on that were going, and I was like, okay, cool. And yeah, so when I recorded the podcast, it was just recording the microphone on the computer. So sorry, everybody, for you having, well, I'm sorry to you guys mainly, because everybody else, it's not really a big deal, but to you two, you have to have the same conversation again, (laughs) kind of. Yeah, so... We had such a good conversation and we talked for like an hour and 10 minutes and it was a really good episode. And then Kenny goes to play it back and it's legit just me (laughs) talking to the air. Like it was so bad. There was like just like dead silent pauses and I'm like, what's going on? And then you hear me and I'm like, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, as much as much as it sounds like I might be laughing at the like this. Yeah, I feel really bad and it's really dumb. It's just that it's. It's one of those things you do in life that are so dumb. Like, there's nothing I can do at this point but laugh at it. So, like, so Kenny and I do not, like, we don't fight. Like, it's just like, we're both just like, hey, whatever. Like, if I'm mad, I go to my office, I do that. Like, we don't fight. Wanted to murder him last night. <laughs> I was yelling at you because I did. I messed up and I was yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, he's like yelling at me. And I'm like, why are you yelling at me? And you're like, because I messed up. And I'm like, so why are you yelling at me? Oh, it's the worst. All right, I'm going to turn my mic off. All Bye. right, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, Kenny. At least we like talking, talking to each other, though, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It, I mean, it took me like 10 minutes to get over it, but I was just like, I didn't cry, and which is great. I cry at, like, if I'm mad, I cry. If I'm frustrated, I cry. And so I didn't cry, and I was just like, it's going to be okay because you're super cool, and we can just do it again. <laughs> And that's just one of the little things that can happen with a business or, you know. Exactly. It happens. It's like a <laughs> it's like a little fun, like, 20th episode mishap. Yeah. Now we have a fun story. Oh, and it's, it's recording, just so you guys know. Thank you. Kenny would just like to let everyone know it is recording. So we're Woo-hoo! good. <laughs> All right, Cara. <laughs> so let's let's start this over. Tell everyone, let's see, what you make and how you got started. So I own the business, hotmocks.com. I make baby moccasins, and that's my primary focus still. But um, I branched out and started making toddlers and kids and adult moccasins. Um, So I still sell all of those, but I primarily make baby moccasins, so... Um, I started the business when my daughter was born. I actually found a super cute pair of Templeton moccasins online. And my husband is absolutely obsessed with Pendleton everything. So it was definitely a must to get them. And as soon as we got them 
I actually got two pairs because I was like, well, she's going to get bigger, so I need another pair for for when she grows out of the first pair. (laughs) Um, And I got them, and I've always been super crafty and artsy-fartsy. So I looked at them, and I was like, I could make these. And the creativity started from there, I guess. I ended up turning them inside out and made my own pattern based off of the pair of moccasins and sewed up my first pair. <laughs> and of course they looked horrible. So <laughs> I had to make, uh, I don't know, I probably like 15 to 20 pairs before I was actually like confident in my work to where I could um, sell to family and friends. And then I just decided to open up shop. I was following some other um, small shops in the community already. So um, the the business side of things, I guess, was super interested interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I just did some research and I ended up reaching out to Emily from Birdie's Beads and asked her if she wanted to do a swap, a trade. And I also did the same with Emily from Wild Sunshine Threads, and they both were super sweet. And my first, I guess, shop friends right off the bat. And I just kind of picked their brains and asked them some questions. And obviously their businesses are a little bit different. But, um, yeah, I just kind of learned by watching others. It was definitely hard in the beginning. But um, I just decided that I wanted to do it and, I guess, went went for it. <laughs> that's so great. I think that's how, like, all like, great shops are started. Because I know, like, I started – my shop like kind of on an accident like I just had some fabric and a teacher who was like hey you look really pretty in headbands you should make you should sell them and I was like okay (laughs) and then from there like I built like this whole company and it's like I, I think sometimes like it's more creative and that outcome is better than like sitting and like stressing about it and like you know trying to like really figure out like everything like obviously you should you should like plan what you're going to do and stuff like that. But I think like, cause some people they're like, Oh, I'm going to open my job. Like, what do you think I should do about this, 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 that? And I was like, I think you should do everything. And then just like, see, yeah. see what <laughs> sticks. <laughs> well, and sometimes it takes a bunch of trial and error. And it's funny to like, look at my shop now because I rarely think back to the days that I started except for when Facebook comes up and says, you know, two years ago on this day, you did this. And I'm like, holy crap, that was my first pair of moccasins, and they were super shitty. Do you you ever look at your pictures on those things, and you're like, oh, my God, like, I posted that? I still still have the physical moccasins. Um, They're in a VS drawer, and I just keep them and take them out and laugh at them sometimes because it really is so funny to – look at how far I've come or, you know, what my starting point was. And that's why, I mean, I have a lot of faith in anyone to start a business because you could be super terrible at selling or, you know, what you want to do at first. And then you learn, and especially if you're, you decide to do the business and go all in, it just kind of comes with it or you have to figure it out or else you don't succeed, you know? Yeah. Like one, (laughs) one thing that happened to me when I first started, so I like when I first started, I sold like everywhere. I was on Etsy and eBay and just like everywhere that like I could be. 
And like one thing that happened to me is like the seam on the back of my headbands would like for some reason like the fat the thread would always like come undone and so like the top of the headband would like detach itself and so I remember on eBay I had like three people who left like you know negative feedback obviously but they they had every right to because their headband was falling apart and like yeah like and I remember being so devastated and then just being like okay well like stop throwing yourself a pity party and figure out how to fix it and so I went back because I went to fashion school so I went back into my sewing books and like really just like figured out like how I'm supposed to do it and so from that like negative feedback now I get the feedback where people are like you know you have the best quality that like of any of the shops that I buy from and like that's so awesome because those shitty headbands that I made like it can't like it progressed into something good so like don't ever... and they probably helped yeah they probably helped you so much yeah you know? exactly they're like well I definitely can't keep making headbands like this yeah you know so I think that's what's the best part about the the shop experience is you're always going to have hard times and failures and at least in the beginning especially if you've never owned a small shop before it's it's totally hard and especially when you're stepping into a new world you're you know, figuring out marketing and figuring out opening a business Instagram and a Facebook and, you know, kind of all the things that go along with opening a shop. And then also making the product, shipping the product, having a website. It's There's a lot that goes into it, but every bump in the road, I feel like helps your, your product 10 times more, at least if it's with the product. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always tell people like, just take that negative experience and like like grow your brand from it like grow your product like don't let it like hinder on that and just be like oh like I you know maybe I shouldn't be doing this or anything like no like figure out how to overcome that and like fix it yeah and I know it can be hard for some people I've definitely in the two years that I've been in the community I've seen a lot of shops or not a lot of shops but quite a few people stop and I mean, I don't know necessarily what what from, but, um, you know, it's some of that stuff can be discouraging if you don't, you know, find a way to make it better and push through it. I've, I've been through a few of those situations. So I think, you know, every way that you can try to change your dynamic to make it work definitely helps because now we have the whole uh Instagram change to was, deal with I was which... just gonna say that like it's so scary yeah. how many shops like that like are thinking about closing or just having such a bad time and it's like you have you have to really like we have to put in so much more time and effort and money like I've never paid for advertising now I do paid advertisements like it's crazy but if you don't move with it then it's like it's just going to leave you behind. Exactly. And that's the scary part. Like I said last night, uh, with social, having your business on social media, just cause you never, you never know what's going to happen. And every single change with Instagram and Facebook, you have to totally move, move with it. And that's, I mean, now I have my loop giveaway business, which 
I think you and I met through through doing a, a first loop together or something like that. Yeah. I don't even remember exactly how we met, but I know it was through the loops. And um, yeah, it's that's another thing. Like I have to do so much research in that avenue because I have a business revolved around the marketing stuff too. So I'm always having to change like when that whole thing happened with the script, taking out, you know, um, certain things and putting in all the legal terms where, you know, shops freak out about all this stuff and the rumors come, you know, say it's from loop giveaways. And And that's how we like that can be stressful. That's how we like like really met was you were holding the loop and I was one of those shops that freaked out. And you were like really nice to me. Yeah, you were like really nice to me. And then I remember after that, like we got really close because not everyone who put them on was so nice. And I was like, oh, she's cool. Yeah, and it's totally tough. And especially when you're in a business like that, I mean, you have to, I guess, know your shit because, I mean, obviously being nice goes a long way, but if you don't like mold to to what's happening then people aren't gonna have trust or faith in you and that's essentially what my instagram loop business loop giveaway business is based off of i mean people pay me to trust me that i have you know the right legalities in the script the right sponsors signed up so they're going to gain followers um you know their their money that they're using towards marketing is actually going to help them yeah so uh, yeah i mean it's it's totally crazy and that's one of the things like when I started my shop, I loved the aspects that I saw of the community already. So I knew that I wanted to kind of jump in and um, do do everything I could in the community. So I had my shop and then I got into the brand rep side of things after I figured out what the hell a brand rep was and <laughs> why shops needed them. <laughs> Um, but I quickly understood that after um, Instagram started changing and how much they helped. So I started my daughter's brand rep page and um, and then the giveaways, of course. And now I'm blogging, which um, my shop has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. And I've my daughter's page is still established and whatnot, but we don't I don't post to it as much as I'd like. I'm like a once once a month type of person, which is so bad, but we're just I just can't do it all and that's, you know, I get like something that, that I should have known. <laughs> yeah, I get like that with like the podcast, just having the podcast page and then the shop page. Like it's so hard to like first off it's like the shop is easy cuz I like I sew every day and so I have you know, contents for pictures and like everything's fine. But like the podcast one, it's like so hard because it's like, what do you like post pictures of? And so I find myself like only posting once a week and I'm like, no, like I need to, I need, that's something that I need to be better about, especially like for the podcast. Cause it's, uh, it's slowly growing. It's followers. yeah. And it's a new venture for you. So you're, you know, slowly figuring out what works. I mean, it's like the same thing with starting up your shop in the beginning, you know, things are definitely not how you want them to be. And then you kind of slowly figure out what's your groove. And I think, you know, as my shop progressed and everything became easier and I made like, a, you know, I put in my roots for my shop and I got 
my website and had my patterns and my system down of how I was doing everything, I, it kind of opened up more time for me, which I think was why I wanted to do the other stuff. But, um, yeah, I just knew coming into the community I wanted um, to use my creative side, and that's when I started um, drawing my own fabric, which I now sell on Spoonflower. So it's like that was another thing that I kind of added to my play. Oh, although I only have two patterns and they just kind of sit up there. I think that's another thing when I'm able to hire some help um, for my shop and my blog. I want to get back into doing drawing and creating fabric prints because that's just such a great um relaxing or relief for me yeah and yeah like you were saying how sewing is just your happy place and you're you're able to exert your energy there that's totally drawing for me so I think that's kind of next on my plate but that's probably like a year a year out at least (laughs) I know how that is I'm like I'm always saying like I'm gonna hire someone to take over something and it's like yeah no you're not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know like your shop needs to grow to a certain point to be able to get there and that's you know I'm nowhere near that at this point and that's kind of why I I started blogging so I could try to make money that way and I um, started with the company Synagent selling lip scents because um, I just saw a great you know business opportunity in front of me and um, potential to make money which realistically everyone obviously who owns the shop you know here loves it but you also want to make money to at least help your husband if your husband is the one who's bringing home the money or even if not and you're the one only one who's making the money you have to support your family so um as much as I hate it money is a focus for me and that's why I'm just I feel like I dipped into the lip sense thing because I saw the money potential and I've been making better money than I have with my shop in the last few months. And, you know, it happens. It's like we talked about last night, the ebb and flow of yeah. of, of busy months and not busy months. Yeah, I was telling you that, like, people, like, everyone's freaking out. Like, it's slow for a lot of people right now, and everyone is freaking out. And they're, at, like, asking me, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, what is that? And it's just like, well, I'm kind of taking advantage of – not having you know like a hundred orders a week like because as much as that that's great I love it like I don't like stress about my bills like everything's fine but like I have no time for life I have no time for anything and so right now like yeah it's slow but all my bills are paid and I can go to the park like I can get out of the house I can enjoy you know the sunshine like Kenny and I went to the beach today like we haven't done that in forever and it's like oh that's awesome yeah and it's like you know so I'm taking advantage of like it being slow and because I know that like next month it could be totally different like I could have a million orders like especially because I do wholesale and so for some reason like I'll have nothing and then like one month I'll have like four wholesale orders And so I like have to sit there and like sew them and they have to get out pretty quick and I don't make as much money off of them, but it's like, they still have to get out and they still have like all this and that. And so that's just, I feel like that's how business is. Like when it's good, it's really good. 
and when it's bad it can be really bad but it's like don't stress out about it like that's when that's when you should like be creating like you have downtime and so like me like I'm adding you know more products to my shop I'm thinking up my my next prints like stuff like that like really really just like take the time that you have like you might not be making money but you can still be working like you know just think of what you're going to do next because you never know that product that you want to do next could boost you to the next level. Yeah, it's totally true. I've never, I've been lucky enough never to be in the point where like my shop wasn't bringing in any money at all, but I've totally like, you know, on the slow, the downtime, that's when I've just tried to think outside the box of other ways to, you know, either add new products or get my creating or designing in because, yeah, like you said, it can be super crazy. I mean, especially in the holidays where you don't even have time to breathe. But that was one of the things that I was actually thinking about, too, is um, one of the girls that I met um, doing the mom made market, Brittany from Little Lemon Treasure Co., she um, is like the wholesale queen she totally takes time, I think, every week to message. She just goes on Google and messages boutiques, high-end boutiques, yeah. um, to get wholesale orders. And she's, like, super into the wholesale thing. So um, I haven't done much research myself, but that was kind of one of the things that I want to maybe branch out in the next year and try to do some more wholesale. But um, I guess from your standpoint, do you think it's worth it or – do you like see the benefit in the wholesale? I do. One thing that I've noticed is like, like there's this little tanning salon. So it's like a tanning salon and she has like a little boutique and it's in Pittsburgh, I think. And it's really awesome because I have a few customers who are in Pittsburgh and like they were so excited to be able to go into a shop and like actually like and see, see it stuff. and buy yeah. it. Yeah. And they were some of my best customers. Like I don't feel like I really lost out on anything by like them going there. And it was a great experience for them. And I I think it like, you know, it got them more excited and like shot more at the site. And I think it's good just to get your name out there. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that I saw the advantage or was thinking the advantage of wholesale would be getting your name out there. Because that's, I mean, the markets, in a sense, aren't really, like, killer, like, slam out of the park. I make tons of money. They're just more, for me at least, I do it to get my name out there because, um, I mean, number one, you can meet other local shop owners, which has been nice the few times that I've done um, markets. But, yeah, getting your name out there and just having the connections, I think, is the um, the best part or something that I'm looking forward to um, doing wholesale, I guess. But, yeah, that's another down-the-road goal of mine. I, I keep taking on more things, and then I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think with wholesale, things to think about is – like it has to be worthwhile. Like I have a minimum order. Um, I have That's like what Brittany said. Yeah, I have certain <laughs> certain things that like I don't wholesale because like I want them 
you know, to be special and sacred to my shop. And so I think, you know, it's just important to set boundaries and like it has to be, it has to be worth it for you, for you and for them. And so like you set your minimum order, you set, you know, whatever discount you want to offer them, you let them know, you know, how everything works. And so like a lot of people don't wholesale because I think I have like my minimum order, I think is 200, which for some boutiques, that's a lot for some people it's not, but it's like, that's what I need to like, you know, take for make it worth it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, you know, I'm sewing, I, my wholesale is half off my retail price. And so like, it has to be worth it for me to like take a whole day and like, sew your order at that price. And so, you know, you just, you have to make sure that it works for you and that it's something that's going to be enticing to them also. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I have a, I guess a quick random question. How many headbands can you sew in a day or have you sewn in a day? Um, the most, like seriously, like working from like, I'd say six in the morning to like midnight with just breaks to eat, I can make a hundred pieces. Wow. But that's like that really bad. I shouldn't like ever do that. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, I, my- I re- sorry, I regret it the next day. Like my back hurts. Like it's just like, yeah. But I mean, I've yeah, cause you're done it down and yeah. not moving. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, with my stuff, my moccasins just take forever that I I wasn't getting enough done when I decided to branch out and get seamstresses. And especially since my, da- my daughter started to um, get older, she required more of my attention. So yeah. I think that was the point when I my the amount of moccasins I made in a day started declining I was like okay I need to get some help now because this is not working (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about your seamstresses because I know a lot of shops you know get to a point where they want to venture out and they want to do that so like let's just talk about like how like how you do it and how you pay them and all of that um well I know this is one of the hardest things or one of the things that I talk to other shop owners about and they it's the hardest thing for them to branch out. And I'm or guilty. they say like, totally yeah, guilty. Of and that. they say are like <laughs> the most nervous thing to bring on help is, you know, putting their their product in, you know, the making of the product in someone else's hand. And I totally get it because you don't once you have someone sewing or making your product, you know, quality control becomes a little bit harder, especially if they're not like working at your house. Um, So, I mean, it definitely, like I knew from the beginning when I started my shop that I wanted to like open a business and run the business. I didn't want to be doing everything, which I knew in the beginning I was going to have to because you don't just open a business and you're instantly successful. Um, So I, I actually started when I, first started making moccasins I started with my girlfriend um her daughter and my daughter are best friends and her daughter is eight months older so as they were kind of going through 
you know, the baby and the toddler phase together and they're still toddlers. But um, as soon as I got a pair of moccasins, she's super crafty herself. And she said she wanted to kind of dive into the making of the moccasins with me. She wasn't really the business um, type. So she didn't really want to open up a business or do anything in that um, avenue. Uh, but she, yeah, we started making the moccasins together. And then I got to the point where I knew I needed help sewing. I reached out to her and she is essentially 10 minutes down the road for me. So um, I knew that there was a way that I could see the product, at least in the beginning before it, you know, went out. Um, but I found the easiest way and I just, kind of did this from the beginning but I and I still actually do it this way but um, I print out shipping labels for my orders and I cut all the fabric and pieces and then I put them in a bag with my business card and in the actual bag that ships to the customer and just bring them down to her Um, so this was kind of difficult in the beginning but I knew we had been making moccasins for essentially the same time so we've been we had been making them for like four months and although she wasn't making as many as I was um I kind of just gave her some tips and tricks and pointers that I learned along the way in those four months of making hundreds of pairs (laughs) um (laughs) and yeah and then she quickly you know, got into the groove and I just told her how I wanted, you know, my tags sewn into my shoes. And, um, I just had to see like one or two of her pairs and then, uh, she totally just, you know, went for it. And essentially anytime I had a few orders, I would just come down to her place and bring her a whole shipment, um, essentially once a week. So she would, you know, make, 20 pairs and send them off and um and then she ended up having another kid so she stopped sewing for me and this was horrible timing because it was just before the holiday rush (laughs) and I had to find a new seamstress um so that was kind of stressful but I just put a um an ad up on the local Facebook group and found a girl who she lives an hour and a half away um, who was interested. And she was the only person who was interested. So um, that was kind of tough for me. And I know I live, I'm an hour east of Portland, so I'm not necessarily in a busy area uh, with a lot of people. So I knew that, you know, finding a seamstress and probably someone who was going to fit what I was looking for was going to be a little bit harder. Right. But, um, yeah, so I just ended up kind of telling her what I had been doing previously. And we, I actually made a YouTube video of how I made a leather moccasin and an organic booty. And she watched them. And then I cut out some fabric for her son. So basically, those were her practice pairs. And she just kind of sent me photos or a video of of the finished product and I gave her some tips and tricks and just kind of threw her to the wolves because it was (laughs) 
<laughs> it was uh, the holiday season coming on, and I was like, well, I need work, and I needed ASAP because I can't do these all by myself. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it was kind of difficult, but um, I got really lucky with my girlfriend um, who I first had as my seamstress because we had just started at the same time, so it was really perfect. It just kind of... I had a seamstress in the back of my head or, you know, at my fingertips to use <laughs> when I needed one, which, um, but yeah, so my current seamstress, I pay her, um, per moccasin that she sews and, um, I do it the same way that I did with my first seamstress. I just print out my shipping label and cut the fabric and all the pieces and I send her a big box of all the orders and she makes them and then ships them out from where she's at. That's so cool. And I love, like, I feel like I'm more comfortable with the idea of hiring a seamstress if it's, like, you know, like a mom or, like, someone someone who's, like, going to benefit from it. Because I know, because I went to school for, for fashion, and so when I started the business, my teacher was like, oh, you know, you should go to this person like and they're they're a contractor so they like you know sew everything for you but it's like when you're in this small business community like the small shop community like and you're handmade like I don't know there's just something about it that's like well I don't know it's handmade like I don't really really want to hand it off to like a company because I feel like I'm cheating the handmade like like stamp that's on all my stuff but like I feel like if I could find someone who you know, could come to my office and so my office is in my apartment, by the way, so <laughs> I make it sound so official, but you know, who could come to my house and like sew them with me or I, even if I could do something like what you do, um, like I think that would be great because it's still, you know, it's still handmade. It's still, you know, in the like small shop community because it's just like another person. Yeah, and it's definitely tough to make that step. I mean, it was it was hard for me to branch out from my girlfriend, but I knew that I needed to get someone else. And, you know, with her having a baby, I couldn't, you know, rely on the fact that her kid gets sick or, you know, she's way more uh, caught up with having a newborn and she doesn't have time to sew as many as I need her to. So I just kind of I needed someone who... I could be like, I have 30 orders this week. I need you to just handle it, you know, and just and get it done. And that's, I was super transparent with my seamstress now. And I just, when we met for lunch, I told her, you know, that's basically how it is. And obviously, like you starting now, you're going to be way busier sewing for me than you will be in January. But, you know, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Exactly. So, I feel yeah. like I would be, like, I would be that person. Like, I kind like, I, like, if I have an order, like, I just, like, go and do it. And so I feel like it's so hard to find someone who's, like, that dedicated and committed to your brand. Like, I feel like that's the hardest part of letting go. I think that's why a lot of us are so scared to, you know, not have that control because it's, like, we care about our shop so much. And so... 
like I'm I'm worried that it's like okay well these need to get done like super fast and the person's not gonna like take it as serious as I would and so I think it's so cool that you found someone you know who who cherishes your business as much as you do yeah and it must be so hard on the other end of that spectrum of just you know getting a sewing gig and you're just kind of walking into it not knowing anything about the business and so I totally get it from that standpoint because it would be, you know, ultimately great to find someone who maybe already purchased from you or just loved your brand from the beginning or already knew about your brand. But when you put an ad up and you're like, I need a seamstress and they know nothing about, you know, your company, they, it could just be, you know, they're just sewing and sewing and not caring. And so that totally could be something very frustrating and I guess I just got lucky because there was I didn't have a section a second option (laughs) I it was only her comment on the post that I put up and I mean I probably would have made more posts and maybe gone to Craigslist or I don't know but (laughs) I guess I got lucky in that aspect because I didn't have to to go anywhere else and she actually owns her own um clothing company or small I guess boutique uh, so she's busy with her own thing. So she's kind of, you know, she doesn't mind that it's been slower, you know, at the beginning of this year than, than it was at the end of 2016. But yeah. she totally got it when I talked to her and was like, you know, you're going to be a super, super swamped at the end of the year and then probably not have any work at the beginning of the year. But <laughs> right. um, she's been totally totally great I just wish she lived closer because I you know spend all that money or more money shipping the the shipments to her yeah I know that uh because I make my own prints now and Tanya from Bell Threads wants to do like a collaboration where she makes um uh her little like play suits and like not onesies what are they called uh I'm Robert, yeah yeah like Robert, little like Robert, Robert, yeah. like leotards leotards um, leotards yeah <laughs> so she wants to do that <laughs> and like like first off I'm having trouble because I don't know if I want to like give up my like whole like the prints are my own type of thing and then also mm-hmm. it's like because we I order my prints on Spoonflower and it's like if you order 20 yards you get like an extra discount and so it's like we would go in and order the 20 yards together. But then it's like, well, they have to ship it to either you or me. And then we would have to like pay to like ship the half of it to each other. And I'm just like, I don't like, I don't understand how it's all going to work. And yeah, that can be tough. Yeah. Especially like, when you're sending stuff back and forth. Yeah. And I'm like shipping 10 yards of fabric is going to be so expensive. And like, I make little headbands. Like I don't, make a ton of money off everything that I sell like I have to sell like you know three headbands to make up probably for shipping and like that's a lot you know yeah that's crazy but I think that's such that's one of the fun aspects about having a small shop is doing collabs or um yeah I guess collabs because there's just a creativity the options are endless, especially when you're, you know, if you're making something completely um, exclusive to your shop, like using your print and then, you know, you and Bell Threads doing something together because 
you know, you know, or you hope that you're not going to see it anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think, yeah, I contacted you too because I was like, oh, I should do mocks. Like, I think I've contacted like everyone who has a shop because like, I think it, I think my prints should be like everywhere, but like, I still want it to be like my print. And so like I contacted a lot of people, but it's like, it's so hard when we're all so busy. Yeah. It totally is. I, I've i tried to reach out and do a few collabs with people, and I think that depending on what kind of shop you have also goes for it being easier or harder. Like, at least the times that I've talked to Emily from Birdie Speeds, her and I are pretty close, kind of like how you and Rachel are. Um, and she has done collabs with, oh, man, what's her name? I think her name's like Bubble, Bubble Beco or something like that. Anyway, she just handmade, hand-painted beads. Yeah. And it, they just come up with the most amazing bracelets and necklaces and creations. But as far as me, when I've done a collab, it's always been like my moccasins paired with something else. Yeah. So like a set rather than like me putting your fabric on my moccasins, which is something that I totally should do. You know, those are the type of collabs that I I feel like would be better for my product. And that's kind of, you know, it's so hard because you get in and you're like, oh, I want to do collabs, but then you just you never know how they're going to do. And you kind of have to figure out what is the right collab for what you're making because I've had such shitty luck with, you know, doing set collabs and Emily has had great, great, uh, luck with them. So it's just, that's the hard, another hard part about having a shop is, you know, there comes a lot of trial and error, but yeah, that's totally fun. And it has to be like beneficial to like everyone. Cause I remember talking to you, it was like, well, I was going to provide the fabric, but then it's like, you have your seamstress and then it would be like shipping back and forth. And so it was kind of like, yeah. I don't know, it's going to get out of hand. Like it's going to be crazy. And like, I have customers where like, I feel like if we did booties, like, I think they would like sell out. Like, and so it's like, I don't want to like overwhelm you. That's what I'm always like. I did a collaboration with the shop and I feel like I completely overwhelmed her, but it was like, well, I told you in the beginning, like I need you to like either send me a whole bunch or like you're going to have to make them like as they sell. And I don't think she was ready for like the success of it. And so I like I felt bad in the end because I feel I think she was just like oh my god like super overwhelmed and I was just like hey where's the stuff like I need to ship it like I don't know what to do and so it's like it's so hard to like bring two shops together and like actually make it work because all of our shops are so different yeah and especially when you're making like at least with my shop I don't like to have a lot of inventory on my shelf. So most of my stuff, I've done a few ready to ship items, but most of my stuff is made to order. And it's because I offer so many different styles and color of leather and fabric prints and everyone's foot is a different size. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 
partially my fault because I just put so many variants into the equation. But, um, you know, that's part of it. It's it's like if you if you're not going to offer black, brown and gold, you know, or if you want to offer more than just black, brown and gold, you have to, you know, put put sometimes put more variance into it than you may want to but that's one reason why I do the whole made to order because you know it could I could ha- make the perfect product for someone but it's the wrong size and then yeah. you're like oh well now I gotta make another one you know yeah so I do. that's another thing with the collabs that's just a headache yeah. or can be yeah I uh I run my shop the same exact exact way like because I you know I print all my own fabric and it's expensive like it's not cheap and so to have you know four or five yards and then say I make you know 20 six and a half months or six to 12 months headbands and then all that sells is my toddler size like I'm stuck with all that fabric and so I like I have to do everything ready to make I mean not ready like like I cut it as soon as the order comes in because it wouldn't be profitable for me to have it ready to ship. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder how shops do that because it's crazy. I mean, I get it for like wholesale orders and whatnot, but you're, you know, if if a company is purchasing them from you, then, you know, you wipe your hands of it and you don't have to deal with what doesn't sell. Exactly. But if you just have them, if you have them sitting in your office, then you're, you're like, well, I got to sell this. So who wants it? And then you're, <laughs> you know, marking, marking your prices down. Yeah. And, that's, yeah, that's, that's another tough. reason I've been scared to do, um, like a show, like a, a boutique show or anything like that, because it's like, I would have to make so much merchandise because I offer newborn to adult. And then I have like four to six different styles in every color or print. And so just to have doubles of everything, like it would be, it would be insane. You're making a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like it terrifies me. I'm just like, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why when I decided to do some ready to ship moss, that's like, I did it before I started doing the shows and then I kind of used the shows to like get rid of inventory. (laughs) Um, and get my name out there, yeah. <laughs> which, um, I mean, which kind of helped. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I look at shows as now is just, you know, getting rid of the inventory that I have. And then I always tell people, anyone who's looking for something, that um, I do custom orders. And I always offer, like, a market discount so the prices are cheaper at the market. And I tell people that. So, you know, obviously if they're going to do a custom order, they're going to be paying more. So that kind of, you know, kicks them in the ass to spend money there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like it, if I ever decide to do one, I'm going to call you and like get all your advice because I get invited to so much stuff and it's just like, I don't know, like, like especially to keep up with my shop and be making all this extra stuff on the side like I would probably need like a month or two to get ready for like one show yeah it's definitely tough and obviously I mean you want to be making money and that's why I mean markets haven't really been the best 
anything for me necessarily, but, um, yeah, I just use them to get rid of inventory and, um, and I mean, ultimately the best markets that you can find are free admission because then everything you make is profit. Yeah. And like most of the markets that I do, you have to pay a booth fee. So then, you know, your first, however many sales you're paying off your booth fee, your gas money, your lunch for the day. It's And the, the booth fees usually yeah. are not cheap. They're usually pretty no. expensive. <laughs> I mean, they're like at least a hundred dollars, and usually like a hundred and twenty to. Sometimes, I'm paying. So, well, there's a booth that I'm sharing with my girlfriend Kane Two Handmade, who's um, local. She makes rompers and whatnot. But um, we are doing craft show, and it's five hundred dollars for the booth. We're splitting that, which is great. But I could just couldn't imagine these shops you know, paying for a full booth yeah. space and then they have to make $500 back just to break even yeah, exactly. and then try to profit on top of it. It's, yeah. yeah. But there, there are some people who I see who just like, they only do shows and they kick ass and like, that's so awesome, but it's such a gamble. Like I'm not, a, I'm, I like to like actually gamble, but when it comes to my business, like I'm not a gambler. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm the same way. And it's, I mean, I think just with having so many components, it makes you more timid to to hop into that. But yeah, I mean, I see people like Shop Glitter and Spice with the teething stuff. Yeah. She, all she does is shows and she kicks ass. Yeah. And her <laughs> stuff is so like cute. Every weekend. Yeah, I it really is. like her stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, about like your blog and like how that, has you know came about because I'm I'm excited to hear um well I started when I started looping and doing my loop giveaway business I ended up finding my business partner now Tanya um she's a blogger and she just uh ended up joining one of my loops and I had a really I think this was probably when a lot of people were freaking out about um, like the same time when we really got close yeah. and we had to add all those legality terms to the script and whatnot. Um, so I was having a hard time filling my loop and she came to me and was like, Oh, message this person and this person and this person. And she gave me a whole list of people. And I was like, um, you're hired. <laughs> like, I just, can, can you just help me and be my partner? So that's kind of how Tanya and I got, our loop giveaway business rolling and I've just kind of been I guess looking over her shoulder and um she obviously is more successful now than she was two years ago but um I just thought the blog avenue would be a good thing to be able to um post about you know other things because I felt like mixing like personal stuff on my hot com page was weird and like obviously I would do um introductions like me introducing myself and whatnot but if I did like a small shop swap or like you know swap with a friend who makes bracelets and then I'm 
you know, posting a picture of me in the bracelets on my shop. I don't know. I just thought that like mixing my personal life was a little bit um, harder, I guess, to do on my right on my shop page. So, um, yeah, that was kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to start my blog. And then also um, Tanya had told told me about the collab she was getting and the money she was getting from the collabs. And that was kind of another thing that drove me in that direction. I was like, Oh, I, I didn't really honestly understand the function of a blogger. I'm like, what the hell does a blogger do? And why do they just, you know, have a page to post photos of themselves? Yeah. (laughs) I was just, I would be a great blogger because I love posting pictures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I totally like it sounds so bad, but I didn't understand what the function yeah. was or like how they made money. But as soon as I started, you know, I, I guess I kind of had a, the upper hand too because she was my business partner and she had already, you know, figured stuff out for herself so kind of like if she decided to start a shop obviously she would have an upper hand because she can get all the tips and tricks from me so it was kind of like the same thing where she told me all these platforms to sign up for and um companies to reach out to so it came really easy and the fact that I was doing the Instagram loop giveaways um I obviously dug my blog page into those and grew my following pretty quick with that. Um, so it's been, you know, it was fairly easy for me to start it, but, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to use Instagram to all the, the full potential I could. And that's kind of why I guess I dug into the blog side of things. Um, but as soon as I did, I had to, that's when I really stopped the brand repping with my daughter's page because it was just, it was just too much. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> can get overwhelming really quickly. I can imagine. Sometimes I get like that with the podcast. I'm just like, oh, do I really need a podcast? Like I have a million orders right now. And then it's like, no, it's fine. I like it. <laughs> no, I'm so happy that you, I'm so happy you've done this because it really like everyone's story is different and people, you know, going on your page can see all the people that you've done podcasts with. And if they really love a shop, they can go, you know, learn more or learn their journey. And also if someone's trying to start their own shop, that's, you know, where they could go listen to everyone and see, you know, what worked for some people and what didn't for others. Cause it, it really is never the same with, you know, Jim and Joe. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And my, like, my end goal for starting the podcast, like I wanted to start it, but it's like, I wanted to like, well, I want to is like be able to advertise, but like, I don't know. I don't think I want to do like, you know, when you listen to podcasts, it's all like biz, big business advertising. And like my goal is when I get big enough, like all my advertising, I want it to be like for small businesses or things that will like help small businesses. And so, like, that's always been my goal. Like, even even if I get, like, to be, like, this big podcast, like, you know, I want to be able to promote shops or promote, you know, where we can get our shipping stuff, like, stuff like that. Because, yeah. And, well, and I think you're already helping in, a, in, in just doing the podcast because 
you know, people could get really good tips and tricks on how to start up a shop if, you know, that's what they were going for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important too. like, I'm trying to get like a photographer on, like, um, like I really want to get a blogger. Like, it's just like, I want to try and get like all these different aspects of, you know, small, cause it's like being a small business owner is just like one part of it. Like I've had a brand rep on and like, I thought that was really cool because everyone's always asking me like, Oh, how do you become a brand rep and this and that? And how do you choose them? And so like, I think it's important to like talk to other people too. Like I've had my artist on and then like, I want to get a photographer. I want to get a blogger. It's like, I want, I want to be able to like hear from every aspect of like what really makes our community a community. Yeah. And there really are so many aspects. I totally like going into it. I'm like, what the hell is a blogger? and What (laughs) is their function? But you can make crazy money from being a blogger. And I was just completely blindsided from that. I mean, I know Tanya has made like almost $2,000 from one Instagram post. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. (laughs) All right, girlfriend, do you have any questions for me? Um, other than the one that I asked you last night, I mean, I guess I could ask you that again so you could tell tell people who haven't heard it. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell everyone but podcasting. <laughs> I'll tell everyone but you and Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so how I got into podcasting, um so in, sorry, you're hearing this again, Cara, but in, okay. <laughs> in August, it was Kenny's birthday and he had wanted to start a podcast. And I listen to podcasts when I sew, like I put my headphones on because my sewing machine is so loud and I will sew anywhere from like two to eight hours a day. And so like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I had like kind of secretly wanted to start a podcast and then Kenny was like oh I want to start a podcast because like basically he just like really likes to talk and so (laughs) I for his birthday he was like all I want is podcasting stuff and so we went and we bought like a mixer and microphones and all that and like he full like full force went in and I was like super nervous and then once I finally got around to the idea it was holiday season and I was like, well, it's not realistic to start a podcast. So my goal is going to be January. And I was super nervous, did not really want to start it. But I'm one of those people where, like, if you say you're going to do something, like, you have to do it. And so we started it in January. And I was super nervous, like, so nervous. I'm getting better now. But I... uh I just wanted to start it so that people can know that, you know, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly. Having a shop isn't always the easiest thing. It's not always fun. It's not always pretty. And I am one of those people where if you look at my Instagram, like everything is like perfect and pretty and like it just looks great. But it's like, no, it's like it's really hard. Like there are days where... I'm crying because I have too much to sew or, you know, I can't get orders out in time. And so I really wanted a place where I could talk about that. And I'm in all these groups. And so I knew that my friends were going through the same thing. And so 
I just wanted a place where it's like, you know, I could talk about that. And then these people who want to start their shops or just starting can go and they too can know like, oh, okay, this is normal. This is how it's supposed to be. Like, I'm not alone in all of this. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. I mean, that's like really how it just got started. Yeah. Such a good idea. Cause it's, I mean, and that's the like number one thing with small shops or people who are starting, they're like, you know, what, what happens when I get to this point or have you had someone say this or, you know, and it's, it's totally something that we all go through, but it's nice to just have kind of one place where you can direct people to see other people's experiences and, I guess not have to repeat yourself 150 times. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just like, so I'm really sorry to answer those like 20 emails I got yesterday, but go listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. That may be a little bit bitchy, but that's what I have to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always feel so bad because I get like so many questions and it's like, at, at on one part of the spectrum I'm like well I didn't have any help when I got started figure it out and then at the other part I'm like no I have to help them and so like the podcast was like my middle ground I was like okay this is a way yeah. to just like put it out into the universe and if they want to listen they can listen yeah well that's so awesome and I'm so happy that you reached out to me because um yeah I love sharing my story I don't get to do it enough so and especially trying to share your story through an Instagram post when you're reintroducing yourself on your page. There's, you know, not an hour's worth of stuff that you can type out. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's super, I think, and I think it's important, like even, even for our customers to hear this stuff and, you know, not just for other shops, but it really puts a story and a background, you know, to our brand and to what, we make like some people might might not know like all what you go through with your seamstress and stuff like that and so you know they'll hear this and it's like you know they have that emotional connection after hearing your story and I think that's great yeah I agree too because there's way more that goes into it than just what people see so that's awesome all right, Cara, why don't you go ahead and give everyone your social media and where they can shop for your mocks? Um, so my Instagram handle is hotmocks.com. My website is hotmocks.com.com. <laughs> kind of confusing, <laughs> but good thing you're going to spell it all out for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'll put everything in the show notes, so don't worry, guys. <laughs> And my Facebook family and friends group is um, Hot Mox Fam, Friends and Fam. Hot Mox Friends and Fam. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I will go ahead and put everything in the show notes so people can check you out and shop and join join you on Facebook. Facebook is like my favorite thing right now. So. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like it's like Instagram when it first started. I like I really like Facebook groups right now. Yes, it's so true. All right, Cara, thank you so much for being on my twentieth episode. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. <laughs> my twentieth times two episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>